0: Welcome to the Nothing is Wasted podcast, where we believe that no matter what you've gone through in life, God is inviting you to partner with Him to take back your story. On this podcast, we have inspiring conversations with people who are doing just that. And now, your hosts, Davey Blackburn and Aubrey Sampson.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Nothing is Wasted podcast. I'm your co-host, Aubrey
2: And I'm Davey, and it is uh, such an honor to have you guys join us. I really um, am excited about this. Uh, Whether you're new to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast or whether you've been listening for a long time, we're really excited about helping you partner with God to take back your story. And we do that by sharing stories, stories of other people who are walking the same kinds of valleys that you're walking through, one of which we have an incredible guest today. Her name is Lindsay Wheeler. And uh, many of you guys may be familiar with the company that she owns. She's a business owner of Bottle of Tears.
1: This is a cool business, by a the way. very
2: cool business.
1: Yeah. Very cool uh, go, business. Go ahead. Well, because
2: most people, if if somebody, if they, if they know someone who has experienced loss or hardship or grief or whatever in their life, they're wondering, what do I do? How can I yeah. at least demonstrate that I care? And Lindsay stepped into that space and said... Hey, here's some things that you can offer to, to send to somebody and say, Hey, th- I care about you. I just yeah. want you to know I'm here. I'm praying yeah. for you. And it's just a powerful demonstration of the, the power of presence in the midst of grief. Um, she started a bottle of tears out of her own pain. She talks quite a bit of that in this conversation. So I won't get too much into it, but essentially, you know, chronic pain and debilitating fatigue. And then she was finally diagnosed with Lyme disease um Ugh. and so which is quite the journey. Um yeah, bless quite heart. the battle. We have some friends, Aubrey, that uh he was diagnosed with Lyme disease years ago and just hearing him chronicle his journey of that, yeah. he's praise the Lord, has experienced quite a bit of healing. Oh from good. It, but praise God. Man, it's just whew, it's wild, isn't it? Um it
1: is so wild and uncontrollable. The friends I have who haven't, I don't have a ton, but I have a handful. It just so exhausting, so painful. You know, I ha- I have chronic autoimmune disease as well. So I understand Mm -hmm. this, but that it just seems like what a, uh, yeah, debilitating is the right word. So there's a lot of physical and I uh, even emotional and spiritual pain as well with it. So I'm so glad that Lindsay's on to share her story with us.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So it's going to encourage so many of you guys who are in that boat. I know that many of you guys are experiencing some kind of chronic illness, chronic fatigue, chronic pain, because we have so many of you interacting with us. On our community platform, and you're talking about it and you're asking for connections with other people and spaces where you guys can have conversations and um, share encouragement, maybe even share some insight and some wisdom. And so we want to encourage you to head over there, especially if this interview ministers to you. Lindsay just released a book called Sacred Tears Simple Reminders That God Sees You and God Loves You. And this conversation is her just kind of opening up the the window or, or, or popping open the hood at what hurt, what she's experienced and how God has met her in this. And so you're going to be so blessed by this conversation. Go and listen to, um, Lindsay and my conversation. Well, hello, Lindsay. It's so great to have you on the nothing is wasted podcast. Thanks for joining me.
3: Hi, Davey. I'm so glad to be here.
2: I know. I'm fun. so glad that we've been able to finally get this nailed down. It, uh, yes. I know we've been, it's back and forth, back and forth, but you know, I'm very familiar with your story yeah. and your work and what you're doing to bring purpose out of your pain. And I know a lot of people mm. are going to be familiar with that as well, but I'm just, I'm so glad that we actually get to sit down, spend a little time, have some conversation and really encourage people's hearts in this. So thank you for making the time.
3: Yes, Davey. Thank you. I love getting to share what God's doing. And even though like every time I do a podcast or talk to someone, I feel, you know, a little bit of anxiety, but I'm like, God, this is about you. Like, I, I just want to show people what he's doing, even in the midst of my own pain and suffering.
2: So I'm glad to be here. Yeah. I wish everybody would understand that that anxiety is a normal thing, right? I think yes. a lot of people let that resistance come again and they're like, "Oh, this is an indicator that I shouldn't be doing this. I don't yeah. I'm not a natural at this." And we're like, "Hey, listen, none of us are natural at this. We all feel very anxious when we step uh. in, fr- in front of a microphone or on stage and that, you know, there's a spiritual oh, yeah. component to that. There's a totally. there's a mental and emotional component to that, but at the end of the day, God always shows up, so I know he's going yes. to this as well.
3: Yes, totally.
2: Thing. Well, Lindsay, you know you have had quite a, a journey of um, pain and suffering, and you are continually walking that out. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we we have talked a little bit on the Nothing Is Wasted podcast about chronic pain or chronic illness. Yeah. Um, that's part of your story. Um, mm-hmm. There's several other things that facets to your story of pain and suffering, but you are. All all of that is to say you are someone who is very familiar with not only walking out your own pain and suffering, but also entering into other people's pain mm-hmm. and suffering. And You've developed an entire business and company around stepping in and being present with people while they're going through suffering. So before we kind of dive into your story and the purpose yeah. that God has brought out of it. Will you just give us a little bit of context as to like who you are right now? If nobody's ever heard of Lindsay Wheeler, <laughs> what, who okay. who are you? What do you do? What's your family like? Where are you from? And I'm and really glad I story. went to
3: counseling yesterday so that I can know who I am. <laughs> um, my <laughs> counselor's <you> <laughs> amazing. Yes, yeah, so I'm like, that's uh, good. Um, I am Lindsay Wheeler, and I am married, I say, to the greatest man on earth, Chris Wheeler, And he is God's greatest kindness to me. And we have one adopted daughter, Eliana Wheeler. And she is actually today is her last day of middle school. She is about to go to high school, which is crazy. Um, She's about to be 15 years old. And we adopted her when she was 16 months from Guatemala. And it has been... um, A wild journey for her. Her life Mm. is really hard, and we'll share more about that later, but she is a gift to us, and her heart is so precious. And so Chris and I, from the very beginning, just knew like, okay, it's going to be the three of us. And Eliana calls our family the triangle family, and she (laughs) said, she was like, mom, the triangle is the strongest shape in the world. And we're the That's triangle, so we're the three of wow. us. yeah, and so it's it's our sweet little family motto um, that the wheelers are gonna stick together. but we lived actually in Nashville for about 16 years and recently moved back towards family and we live in Fayetteville, Arkansas now. okay so we are now close to you know, both sides of our family and we miss Nashville. Nashville's obviously super cool and hip and all of those things. (laughs) Um, So we miss it. But at the same time, like it has been such a sweet um, year and a half of getting to be close to family. And Mm. especially Eliana, you know, her road of life is really hard. And so to have people that get her is huge. Yeah. Um, my husband was in ministry for, uh, I think about 18 years before this last job. He worked at a few awesome churches in Nashville and we worked in the adoption space at show hope with Stephen Curtis Chapman and Mary Beth. We, wow. Chris and I both worked with them for six years and they are a treasure. Um, wow. so we've kind of had our foot in a lot of different ministries and, Then God kind of said, I'm going to give y'all just like a little break from it. And so Chris Mm. is doing something totally different right now. He's working with one of his friends in a tech startup, which is crazy. I mean, (laughs) pastor to tech startup, which is hilarious. Um, But he even said, he was like, Lindsay, I feel like I get to be even more pastoral in this job, getting to work with these clients than I did in some of my church positions, you know, which mm. is sweet. Yep. yep. So we are in a space wow. of just um, trusting God with every next step. We always, I say, Chris, are we going to make it? And he says, we're going to make it. And then we say wow. One one minute at a time. And so that's kind of our family in a little nutshell. We have also wow. a zoo of animals because our child loves animals. So we have two dogs, mm. a cat, a hamster, a frog. Yeah. You know, so anyway, that's the wheelers for you. Wow. Wow. Yeah.
2: That's awesome. I, you know, I'm yeah. so glad you mentioned what Chris is doing and the transition that he has um, made, yeah. because I think a lot of people listening to this think that in order to do ministry, right, or in order to mm-hmm. have some kind of purpose come out of your pain, as we talk so often about on the Nothing's yeah. Wasted podcast, you have to step into a full-time ministry or vocational yeah. ministry position, and actually, and most not people, true. Right?
3: yeah, ninety-five
2: percent of people are doing what yeah. we call uh, ministry camouflage, right? Uh-huh. Where they're totally. behind the they're behind the scenes in the marketplace, and that's some of the best yeah. ministry that can happen there because you're yeah. stepping into spaces and spheres of influence that your pastor cannot. Yeah, you just can't.
3: And people are trusting you with things that maybe they would be afraid to share with a pastor, or you know, there that's is right. a lot of church hurt, and so some people that. Are scared to step into a church, might share with someone outside of it. And then, you know, Mm. our heart is for the local church. Our heart is to get people plugged in and healthy. And, um, but yeah, but it's what you said. We are all called to that, to the Great Commission, and it looks different for every person. And it's kind of like, what is the assignment God has for me right now? And For Chris, it's working in this tech startup. And for me, it's doing my little small business that I do. And that doesn't mean we're going to be doing this two years from now. But like, God, let us be faithful in these things. So Mm,
2: That's so good. I love that. What is the assignment that God has for me right now? Sometimes we get so caught up in calling, right? And it feels very permanent. And it's like, no, it's about assignment right now. What is God calling us to right now?
3: I know we think we have to have it all figured out. And my (laughs) daughter will be like, what am I going to be when I get older? And I'm like, Eliana, like, you could change every few years. Like, we're just going to do what God puts right before us. So
2: that's so good. Yeah, That's so good. Yeah. Well, you know, that place, I I have to imagine that philosophy plays a little bit into your story and maybe comes out of Mm -hmm. some of the pain and suffering that you've experienced, because you know, you've had quite a battle with some, some chronic illness. I'd love for you to share a little bit about that, but I can only imagine yeah. in that you've had to remind yourself, Hey, that right, right now we're just going to today, mm-hmm. right. Grace for today, strength yeah. for today. The Lord's going to, what are we focus on right now? But why don't, yeah. why don't you tell us a little bit about your journey in some of yeah. this that you, you've been walking through?
3: Yeah. I'd say Chris and I, when we were married, we were kind of on that path that every couple that's in ministry feels like they're going to be on like he's going to be speaking and I'm going to be leading Bible studies and we're going to have this great ministry together. And um, that just wasn't what God had in store for us. And kind of everything shifted. We, uh, when we adopted Eliana, we brought her home and quickly we knew something was really, really wrong, um, with her and not wrong with her, that she was struggling with, um, some physical things and emotional things. And, um, and it took everything we had, Davy. like for wow. the first eight years of her life, she slept about two hours a day and oh, this goodness. went on. Yeah. And we, had every medical professional in Nashville at Vanderbilt, like the best of the best saying this child is a medical mystery and we don't know what to do for y'all. And, and I remember, you know, in the middle of that, my body started getting really sick. And I remember telling Chris, like, I feel like I'm 90 years old and I'm dying. And every doctor just kept saying, well, you're, you know, a new mom, of course you're tired and, you know, or you're depressed. And I'm like, no, I'm depressed because you're not listening to me. Um, But over the course of about eight years, I watched my body just start to slowly fail along with trying to parent a child with severe trauma. And, and Chris and I, you know, in that we ended up Losing like community and friends because people didn't know what to do with us. It was like we didn't fit into this yeah. box anymore. I couldn't go to church or Bible studies. I um could barely make it out of bed. There was, you know, a few years that I was pretty much bed bound. And so I would parent from the bed, and it was just this really dark, hard season of going, God, where are you? Like, and feeling like my life is over, honestly. I mean, there were nights that I would just say like, God, please like take me in my sleep. And I know that sounds so, um, dramatic or dark, but it just felt like it was the end. And, um, and I was supposed to go to this, um, women's event called if with Jenny Allen and it was her first if gathering And her middle sister, Brooke, has been my best friend since eighth grade. And so I was going to go and it was going to be a weekend away from Eliana. And we were going to get to celebrate what God was doing with Jenny and if. And um, my body was just so sick, I couldn't leave. And I remember laying in bed that weekend and going, God, why have you forgotten me? Like, I feel so lost and so forgotten. And. And my husband, who is, like I said, God's greatest kindness, kindness, said, you know, Lindsay, why don't you just watch the if gathering from your bed? Hmm. And, you know, at first I'm like, no, <laughs> you know, I'm mad. And I, you know, I, I don't want to do that, but I did. Right. And I remember at one point, Jenny looked, I felt like she was looking through the screen to me and said, have you disqualified yourself from the race? And wow. in that moment, I just broke down, weeping, and thought, "Yes, I have. Like, I have taken myself out. I have disqualified myself. You know, because I, yeah. I truly felt like my life was over." Um, and so I started praying and asking, like, "God, what can I do from home? Like, I can't leave our house. Our child can't even go to Target for thirty minutes. Her, um, it." just things were so out of control and and i felt sick but what can i do to love people without even leaving my home and that's when god gave me the idea of bottled tears um mm. and it was yeah it it truly like in one second he was like hey guess what lindsay like you, i've always loved vintage bottles i love the yeah. beauty of them um that they each have their own story and and then I loved the verse, Psalm 50, 56, 8. You keep track of all my sorrows. You've collected all my tears wow. in your bottle. And you've recorded each one of your book. And in that minute, I thought, I could send bottles to people with this scripture verse all over the country. Now, huh. Davy, like, I am bed bound. So yeah. I So I remember screaming out to Chris and saying, Chris, God's given me this idea for a business. I'm going to call it bottle of tears and I'm going to send these gifts. And Chris is like, (laughs) okay, like, great. I'm sure he's thinking you can't even get from the bed to the couch. How are you going to do this? But he was so supportive. And, um, so that's where it began. I went on and bought an Etsy logo for $5 and, started an Instagram with zero bottles. No, I mean, nothing. I did it. And I said, I'm starting this in 10 days. And I just
2: wow. began
3: it. Yeah. So, and
2: God Lindsay, has this just
3: blown us away. <laughs> yeah.
2: This, this is crazy because here's, here's the thing. Yeah. Most people who, are, who were, who were, who would find themselves in the same situation as what you yeah. found yourself in where you're bedridden, your strength is completely depleted. Yeah. you have nothing left to give. You are regularly, you know, almost every night going, God, would you just take me? Would you just yeah. take me? I can't, yeah. I don't want to feel the suffering anymore. Right. Most yeah. people would be thinking about how can other people help me? Yeah. You're thinking about how do I help mm. other people, even yeah. though I'm confined to this space right here? How do I keep pursuing yeah. this mission that God has put me on? Mm. Can you can you help me understand well, that a little bit? I mean, yeah. I, you know, I'm sure because most of us look inward when we look to our pain, right? We look, yeah. But, but you're looking, you're looking in a different direction here.
3: Well, I think I was in that darkness for so long. And, you know, we are, we were, my husband was actually tasked, you know, in a church at that point. And I've never felt lonelier, Davy, And, mm. and people weren't, um, I think they, the church sometimes—OK, okay, wait, let me repeat that. Sorry. Um, so Chris was a pastor in these dark, dark points, and we felt so alone. And I think mm. what I recognized is a lot of times the church does not know what to do with long suffering. It's like if we mm. can't wrap this up in a few months or like, are you still sick? Is your daughter still not OK? It's like wow. they people don't know what to do with prolonged suffering and even suffering that may never have a red bow on top. And so I walked, you know, those eight or nine years just very alone. And, and you said, how are you looking to others? Like, I think it, I got to this point where I'm like, I don't want anyone to feel like I do. Like Mm -hmm. I want people to feel seen and heard and loved in the middle of their pain. And because I wasn't experiencing it, I'm like, I don't want anyone to feel this. Like, how can I help encourage others to show up for their friends and family that are suffering? And so that was the beginning of just this sweet journey of going, like, we don't have to give people in grief a lot of words. We just need to show up. We need to say, like, I see you, like, The power of just telling someone, I see you and you're not forgotten when they're in the middle of their suffering is huge. And and part of Bottle of Tears is I'm mailing these gifts of hope to people that are suffering. And for me, mail was gold when I was not leaving my house. You know, if someone sent me a card in the mail or like a gift card, or if they dropped off food on my porch, I mean it was like gold. I mean, because I didn't feel alone for that one second. And so that's kind of the mission behind what I'm doing. It's so people don't have to feel so alone.
2: Wow, man. That's amazing. You're, you're right. You know, this, um, this power of presence, Mm -hmm. you know, most people who are listening to this, maybe maybe, whether or not they could put words to it or not, they, they, they understand that words don't necessarily help, especially in those deep, dark moments. Yes. You know, but yeah. someone showing up and someone saying, hey, I see you. Yeah. I, I haven't forgotten you. And yeah. and I think that's really poignant what you said, that we as human beings, we mm-hmm. as the church, we don't know what to do with long, long suffering. We think that yeah. there should be a, a, a set time where it's like, okay, you, yeah. this should be, finished by now we're we're healed you have, by your, now. Allo- yet- you
3: have your allotted grief time and is. then now you're right. done <laughs>
2: right exactly and and yet scripture how often does it talk about long yeah. suffering yes right yes
3: yeah and to have someone not fix you in the middle of it i mm. think so many people desperately they're not okay without trying to fix you i can't tell you how many people have said have you tried this Thing and they mean well, but like to actually just sit with someone in their grief and pain is powerful, you know. Right. Um, Job's friends did it right for the first little bit, you know, sitting (laughs) with them, and then, yes, just a little bit, but I'm like, the power of just sitting with someone in it is huge, Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. At some point we try to, in our finite minds, we try to, mm. and maybe it's because we're afraid of suffering and grief that yeah. if we can somehow put it in a box. If we can give explanation mm-hmm. to it or justification to it or point to a causal, you know, a causation at the very, like, how, what's the source? What's the root of this? If we can do that, somehow it makes us feel better. Yeah. When the reality is there's so much suffering that we go through that really seems senseless. Mm -hmm. There's no, there's no necessary cause behind where you're like, Mm -hmm. I can't, I can't necessarily point back to something that has caused this. And yet God's going to do something purposeful and meaningful out of it.
3: Yes. Yeah. And he is so in the middle of just the details. And that's what like a lot of times for Chris and I, our life is really hard. Our day to day, Davey is exhausting and so for us, it's finding just these little kindnesses that God mm. puts in our day. It's not waiting for maybe the huge answer prayer of like a miracle of healing or, yeah. you know, for our daughter to not have brain damage. Um, but it's like, oh, my gosh, we made her laugh today. Mm. And that was the most beautiful thing in the whole world And wow. and celebrating the heck out of the little kindnesses that God yeah. gives. And because people will say to me, like, Lindsay, how do y'all have joy in the midst of this? Or like, how yeah. is it fake? Are you, That's is this fake joy? Exactly and, what I was
2: about to ask you is like, yes. how, wh- wh- where's joy? Like, where's joy in your yes. life? If every day is so hard. How do you find that?
3: It is recognizing. It's exactly what I said. It's recognizing um, the things that God is doing all around us that are just like these many miracles and mm. um, and having a lot of gratitude for the things that um, we have all around us. I know gratitude is thrown around so much, but like yeah. for me, that has really centered me. I mean, mm. because it's so easy to when you're looking at just the hard to lose perspective on everything in life and just to go, yeah. Yeah. Well, gosh, okay, this is my lot in life, and I don't like it and I don't want this. But when you go, okay, like look around you, Lindsay, and there is so much suffering in this world. You're not alone in this. And I think wow. for me, you know, working in Bottle of Tears, like I get this kind of inside um glimpse mm. of all these different people's stories. And it's devastating, Davey, because it's, you know, there is suffering everywhere. But at the same time, it's perspective for me to go like, we're all in this together. Our suffering doesn't look the same. Our grief is going to feel and look different, but we're in it together and we can still love each other really well in the midst of it. Um, So I would say perspective and just noticing God's little kindness is the way that I wake up. And also, this is a biggie, is that it's a choice for me. Like, it is a choice mm. to choose joy every day. And it's it's taken practice. Like, probably 12 mm. years ago, I did not wake up every morning with a smile on my face. No way. Like, mm. I was suffering, and I was questioning God. And I still question God. Don't get me wrong. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's a choice to wake up and just choose to see God and the little things around me.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know, we have a lot of folks that reach out to us on our platform, listen to the podcast who ask about chronic illness and chronic pain, Yeah, because yeah. you know, it's, it's, there are some of those stories where you're able to say, you're able to see a kind of start and finish. Like you said, like mm-hmm. a red bow. It's mm-hmm. like, wow, look at how God brought them through this and onto yeah. the other side. Right. And certainly there are stories like that and they're so inspiring to us and they give us hope and and perseverance to walk through it well. Right. That we can suffer. But I think one of the reasons people reach out a lot about Mm -hmm. this topic, you know, when it comes to just chronic illness is because they don't see an end in sight. They're going, maybe there's not an end in sight on this side of eternity. Mm -hmm. And so how do I how do I find that kind of joy? And yet I bet they're also wrestling with some things in terms of who God is. Uh, And, you know, because depending on the, the streams that you swim in, some, there might be some heavy emphasis on deliverance and healing and these momentary, Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. boom, God brought you out, which absolutely exists, right? We've all seen that, that definitely does exist. And then there's some who would kind of adhere to, you know, um, more of an emphasis on you know the the deliverance comes when we're when we're on the other side of eternity Mm -hmm. right and and so obviously there's a little bit of a fluidity in both and but I wonder you know as you guys are walking through this how do you reconcile that you know do you yeah do you hope for deliverance and Hmm. healing and do you not? Do you like how do you do that? Yeah because hope deferred makes the heart sick and you know there's so many emotions (laughs) involved with that.
3: Yeah. I'm like this is the million dollar question of Chronic yeah. illness, but also just prolonged pain and suffering is, and I think yeah. I, I first want to speak to the people that don't have the deliverance, the side of heaven and those people that are suffering that, yeah. you know, I think for so long, like I had people tell me, you don't have enough faith, Lindsay, you just need to have more faith. Like when you're praying that God will heal you. And And y'all, that's not true. That is just not the character of the God that I serve. And He loves you so much. So for those of you that are suffering in silence right now, I want you to hear that I see you. I'm walking that road with you. And I do believe in a God that could heal instantaneously, you know. And for some reason, He has not chosen to do that for me yet this side of heaven. Now, could he? Yes. Have I had the most godly, amazing women cry and pray over me just for that and it still not happen? Yes. And there is a, there is a grief and a sadness in that of like, God, why not me? Like why I would do so many great things if you would really heal me. Um, so, I just want those people to know I see you and it's not a lack of faith. And mm. I mean, and that, and God sees you most of all, you know, and he sees yeah. you how you're walking through it and he loves you. I think, um, and part of this is, hold on, Davey. I had a thought, let me.
2: That's okay. You're
3: yeah. yeah. Let me go back to, um,
2: are you saying that we're talking about like the question. deliverance yeah, versus me. yeah, deliverance versus long suffering? And how do you there, kind of wreck? Where do you ride that to reconcile do you it for yeah. deliverance? You, yeah, how do you reconcile it?
3: The hope to for defer- I had a really good thought, but of course it's gone because okay. my brain, but um, I anyway, I just i think. For me, it it is a question. I mean, you're going to have to wrestle with this. I mean, for me, I yeah. will wrestle with this until I meet Jesus face to face. Um, because yeah. not only do I have chronic illness, but I have a child that with yeah. no fault of her own has brain damage, Davy. And yeah, and I watch her daily suffer and almost she's almost tormented daily. And, and there are so many questions I have for God, (laughs) you know, like why, like I, it's almost like I can, I can take on my own suffering and like, I can be okay with that, but it's really hard watching my child suffer. Um, and at the same time going, but for some reason, Lord, this is our story and I don't want to run from my story. I want to share it. I want um, people to not feel alone in their pain. I think a lot of times we hear, um, speakers or, you know, people that have written books or people that are kind of the big time Christian names share about their suffering after the fact, you know, they'll share like, Oh, I went through this season and then look at what God did. And they, you know, which is great. And we need to hear that too. But I kind of felt like God was saying, Lindsay, like, I want you to share your story in the middle of it. Like when, when there isn't, um, there still aren't answers and you're still suffering. And I want you to be a voice for, for those people that feel alone in it. Um, yeah. So yeah, Yeah. it is a hard question. I mean, to reconcile, but it is just a daily surrender. It's for us. It is, for Chris and I, we say it is one minute at a time and it's not getting ourselves too focused on the what ifs of the future because that can really make me spiral if I do that. Um, but just taking it one step at a time.
2: Wow. You know, you're so right. That very, um, very, I hadn't thought about that, but a lot of, you know, Christian prominent speakers or names or, you know, public figures they will share after the fact. You don't often mm-hmm. hear them talking about, "Hey, I'm really going through something difficult right yeah. now." Yeah. Yeah. You know. Or like it's my like, marriage is like really only, struggling
3: or my yeah, it's really on a rock.
2: <laughs> yeah. And and usually these yeah. things surface or they start talking about it and you're surprised mm-hmm. by it. You're like, "Wait a minute. I I mean, totally. I've been listening to you for the past couple of years and you haven't said anything about this. I didn't know that was yeah. what was going on under, underneath the surface." Yeah. And and I wonder if we would talk a little bit more about our suffering in the midst of it, as you were doing, if the church would be able to have a little bit better language and a better theology of suffering. Yeah. I mean, that
3: is it. Yes. We we would be able
2: to start, first of all, find solidarity and go, yeah, yeah, me too. Mm -hmm. I feel, man, I'm going to be honest about this as well. Now we're going to wrestle with it together Mm -hmm. and we're going to come to an even greater understanding of who God is, his character and his nature in the midst of our suffering because we're yeah. talking about and, it in the midst of our suffering.
3: Yeah. And we have so much to learn from other people's stories of grief and suffering. Like it. it may, it may not be the same. Like you and I have different stories of suffering, but Oh my word, right. am I going to learn something new from hearing the way you're walking through it? Um, mm-hmm. And if we keep that to ourselves, cause we're afraid of looking messy or afraid of yeah. not having it together then we're missing out. Like you're missing out Mm. on living life fully and you're also missing out on, um, just that community of like building a true like community that really is in it with each other because community Mm. is messy, you know? And so when you're sharing your hard stuff, it's not always going to be just this like beautiful picture, you know, that you can, um, yeah. That you can picture, but that is where true, um, true fellowship happens.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So,
3: yeah.
2: Lindsay, can I, I, I'd like to ask a question that might be a little bit taboo of a question, but I'm going to go for yeah. it anyways. Um, <laughs> I'm an because open I book. feel like, yeah, I feel like people often don't want to share kind of the ugly parts of this, but you know, um, most parents, I feel Mm -hmm. like have a season in the beginning, especially after having a a baby where they're like, man, what have we done? Right. Mm -hmm. Why did we do this? But, you know, as you guys are walking with your daughter and, you know, she has um, this, uh, you know, some level of brain damage um, Mm -hmm. and and it's created such hardship and suffering in your household, you know, can you talk to me about some of those moments where you're like, did you ever feel and have you felt this like, man, what if we had not done this? Like, we regret this. We we feel like, yeah. Yeah. you know, and if so, talk to me about that because I feel like there's so many people who they feel that silently, but they don't feel like they can admit that. And so they just yeah. suffer silently.
3: Yeah, I think for Chris and I, our heart, we had a passion and a love for the country of Guatemala. And I had spent um, some of my college years getting to work in different Children's homes, and truly, I remember praying in one of my children's homes, like God, if I, if you choose for me to get married, please let my husband have the same heart for this country. Mm -hmm. And the first time that Chris and I got to go together, I mean, he took my passion and multiplied it times like a hundred. Like he (laughs) fell in love with the people in the country, and and so for us, adoption was always our number one. And we yeah. always tell Eliana, you are our plan A. Like we knew we were going to adopt um, from Guatemala if that was God's plan for us. And, um, and, you know, in our plan, we thought, oh, we'd have more kids or adopt yeah. more or have biological kids. and um, And that just, you know, quickly was, you know, not the case. And there has yeah. also been grief in that yeah. of just going like, oh, wow, this is not how we thought our family was going to look. This, you know, the side of heaven. But um, so we go through the adoption and and that was actually really hard. I ended up moving to Guatemala and living there for four months with Eliana because we kind of got stuck in the system. And um, so I'm a first time mom in a third world country with a baby Mm -hmm. that doesn't sleep and is very sick and going, Oh no, God, what did we do? Like Mm. what, what is happening? I don't know what I'm doing. Um, we need you like, this is too much. And then over the next eight years, just walking, um, just I can't emphasize how much only sleeping two to three hours a day as a family of three was exhausting. And and in those nights, she would um not a, not on a fault of her own, but she would rage for four and five hours a night, wow. baby. And wow. so we are holding our baby girl who we love with everything in us, and watching her just mm. rage and scream for hours on hours and praying God heal her and doctors saying mm. We don't know what to do. I mean, she—they put her on adult doses of Ambien at age three, and she um, powered through that. Um, Gosh, you know. And in the midst of that, there are people saying, "Have you tried melatonin?" You know, we're like, (laughs) "Yes, we have." Or have you? We tried everything under the sun. Um, But there are nights, you know. I would say I question stuff way more than Chris. Chris has this like. He is so fiercely her daddy. You have never met a dad like him where it's like he has never had a question of like, what did we do? Do we do something wrong? Now, I, on the other hand, was like, maybe I heard from God wrong. Like, maybe Mm -hmm. we took her out of the country and this was not God's plan. And But quickly, the Lord would bring something about in our story that was like, Oh, Lindsay, no, like, Mm. I, I chose you to be her parents, like, before you were ever born. And there is so much loss and trauma in adoption, no matter if your child has a severe, um, you know, if they have severe trauma or not, adoption is trauma for kids. I mean, because there is a loss there, and they will feel that loss. Um, and so for us, it is, we have always been so open with her. And we talk about, you know, how precious she is and that adoption was our number one choice and she's our number one girl. And, um, yeah. It, and what's crazy, Davey, is Chris and I are so committed and we have loved her so fiercely for almost 15 years now. And she still will say, Y'all aren't going to leave me, are you, mama? You know, and so her little oh, brain man. still oh. feels that. Yep. Um, so it is, yep. I, I want to speak to the adoptive parents too, of just, you cannot out love trauma. You can do a great job and um, you can love them really, really well. But there are some cases where um, you just have to keep trusting God with every little step, but it has yeah, been yeah. a journey with Eliana of trying to figure out like how to keep her safe and then how to love her and how to um, give her space to try to be a kid. It's like what I said earlier, when yeah. we see her laugh, Davy. it is like we won the lottery. I'm not kidding. Yeah. She got belly laughing yesterday and I was like, well, my week has been made like this is the best thing ever. <laughs> Because you don't take the—I uh, mean—I think it's easy to take those things for granted when you've watched your child, yeah. just you know, be just live through torment. So, right. yeah, I don't yeah. know if that does that uh, answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: absolutely, absolutely. Wow, yeah, it's so good. Yeah, you know, and God, um, <laughs> I
3: was going to say in the middle of that too that God has yeah. taught us so much about perseverance and patience. And things we would have never learned Mm. if we had it easy. And so people will say, would you go back and like adopt her knowing all that you know now? And I'm like, are you kidding? Like, we would go back a million times over and she is our child. We would do it a million times to have her. So and what God has taught us through it is... Invaluable. But guess what? We're still exhausted and we still walk through grief daily. It's It's not a, um, it's an either, it's a joy and a grief that's coexisting at all times. And that's our parenting journey. Man. Yeah.
2: Wow. Wow. Lindsay, we're, you know, I'm always trying to find the marrying of or the overlapping of like the the spiritual and the practical, uh, because I think that there's so much in the practical this is very spiritual too. But, you know, as I sit and, you know, talk with other couples who were <laughs> widowed, yeah, we, we, when like, when we're not talking on air, we're like just sitting in a living room and we're talking yeah. like both, we're both talking about their moments that God just showed up that we can't explain. Right. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, there was no mm-hmm. strategy to this. There's just like the supernatural power of God in our story. And we also swap like, Almost best practices in some ways like what's <laughs> what are you doing that's how are you you know like we're get down to yeah. kind of the brass tacks of the of the very practical as well and that's been that's always so helpful to walk out of those conversations. I wonder what you would say if you were sitting down with um, some parents who just received a diagnosis mm-hmm. of of you know a, a child with with special challenges or mm-hmm. um and, and may, maybe you can answer that with 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 that scenario and, and also with adoption, you know, you just Mm -hmm. spoke to the trauma that, that is associated with adoption. But as you're kind of like, if you're sitting in counseling some parents and they're looking for some practical, not to diminish like, oh, here's how God showed up in big ways, because we absolutely need that as an undergirding and a thread through all of this. But here's some things that we've learned along the journey that we think would be really helpful for you as you're stepping into this. What would you say?
3: Yeah. I think the number one for Chris and I was to really, really focus as much as we could on our marriage. And um, we had to be a team and we had to be on the same page from the beginning or it would not have been sustainable. I mean, we, for, I think, I think the divorce rate for a special needs parent is like 70% or, what I mean, it like is skyrocket even more than the statistics today. And so I think my greatest thing is just to really nurture your relationship with your spouse. And if you don't have a spouse, yeah, whatever, a friend or what have someone that can be your teammate on this, um, that you're going to yeah. be able to be on the same page with. And I think that's huge also this it, this took us 12 years but finding a community that really gets it that gets you mm. is going to be huge because you're going to have to have support and for the first you know 8 to 10 years of our walk with eliana we didn't have it and i'm telling you that isolation kills it does and mm. i was walking in isolation for so long and that is when Satan can really just ugh, get in there and trick you yeah. and lie to you and and tell you your life's over um, when it's not. Yeah. And so you need to have voices. And I would say that with someone with chronic illness too. It, it It's not just about your children. It's If you're walking in something in a silent suffering, you need people speaking mm. into your life. And so it's going to take That's you good. being... Yeah, it's going to take you being vulnerable first and saying, hey, guess what? Like, I really need you. And that's a hard thing to say when you feel um, broken. But for me, like, it has been so life changing. The community group we're in right now, Davey, has been just radically life changing for us. Like, we can text them at a moment and they will be there. Like, we can say pray right now for Eliana and we know that they are, are they are literally on their knees. Um so I think yeah. you know the having the teammate, having the community and this one is Chris and I, but it is to have fun, like even in the pain mm. and the suffering. And our this is our our family verse, Davy, is Proverbs 1413 Even in laughter, the heart may ache and the end of joy may be grief. And I remember someone saying, well, that is a really depressing family verse. But I'm like, no, (laughs) like that. I'm like, for us, that's it. It is one minute laughing our head off and then crying five minutes later and being able to have those things coexist together Um, without laughter and fun. You know, it's. It's really hard to make it to your next day. So, I mean, I think those are mm. a few of how we have made it through the last 12 years is, you know, it was doing it wrong for eight or eight or eight to 10 years of not being yeah. vulnerable and not having community. And then every day yeah. praying, God, please bring just, you know, one person that gets it. And he has, wow. in the last couple of years, just really blessed us with people that really want to link arms
2: with us. So, wow. Wow. Man, that's amazing. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> one, one more question, Lindsay, then I want to, I want to talk some more about um, bottle of tears because yeah. I want to, I, I want, I want people to know how they can get connected with that. Yeah. Um, and then of course the book that you've, you've just <laughs> listen, written recently, sacred tears. Yeah. Um yeah. But the, here's, here's my here's the thing that's been it has been a burning question for me because yeah. uh Jehovah Rapha, God is my mm-hmm. healer. Mm-hmm. In in your story mm-hmm. and in your in what you walk through every single day, how what is your understanding of Jehovah Rapha? And and maybe I can ask it this way the word healing probably takes yeah. on a whole different meaning for you. Mm-hmm. And that's, we talk so much about what it looks like to heal through suffering Mm -hmm. and, and regardless of whether or not you're experiencing healing, you can experience healing, right? Yeah. Yeah. So how would that be true for you? What, what does healing look like for you?
3: For me, it has been a process of healing so much of my heart and, um, Mm. So much of my mind and I, I have watched God heal. I don't know if you've talked a lot about like your little self when you were little, but we, I talk a lot with my counselor Mm. about little Lindsay and, and even yesterday Mm -hmm. we were, we were healing parts of the little Lindsay that needed, you know, whatever it was yesterday. And for me, that has been healing. It has been just Digging into places inside of me that have been broken and lost that I thought never would change. And God, oh my word, He is showing up and healing me in ways that I never could have imagined. A couple of years ago, right before COVID hit, um, I had the incredible opportunity to go to Onsite, which is um, mm. kind of a in-depth, you know counseling session, but you do all of this like psycho drama and stuff. And, and I'm telling you, it was the beginning of so much life change for me of just going, Mm. your body may be broken, but guess what? Your heart and mind aren't. And, and Mm. God is, he is healing me day by day. And, and I have, you know, I've had a few amazing counselors along the way our family is like pro therapy. <laughs> like you've never met a family more yep. pro therapy. Yep. Um, and Absolutely. my, my therapist now is just able, she's almost like a spiritual director. She's so unbelievable. And she is getting to, to help me walk through um, places in my life. And like, even yesterday, Davey, I was feeling so much panic and anxiety, honestly, like, um, uh, over sharing my story today that was part of it and then we have mm. another big meeting with something coming in the future for our family and I was telling her yeah. like all this stuff and and she was able to just say like let's bring God into this Lindsay like let's That's bring right. him into this and so we closed our eyes and just pictured Jesus sitting with me while I talked to you Davy. and it was the most oh, healing wow. beautiful oh. thing that I, I mean I was just weeping yesterday And so that has been my journey of healing is like, whether my body is in pain or not, or I, you know, I deal with incredible fatigue. So there are days I can't get out of bed, but he's not done with me and I'm not done. And and as long as I have breath in my lungs, like I'm, I'm going to keep speaking and, and I want God to keep using me.
2: Wow. Well, I'll say this for the record, Lindsay, your story is beautiful and Mm -hmm. amazing. And the heart that you carry with, with Mm -hmm. it is unprecedented. I mean, Mm -hmm. just to, just to see how you have been one in, in, in communion with the Lord through all of this suffering. I'm so inspired. And I know Mm -hmm. that this, just what you've shared today and vulnerability, but also in just strength and power and resilience mm. to say, Hey, you you know, God sees you. He is with mm-hmm. you. He loves you and he is yeah. carrying you through this. And And you may not experience healing on this side of eternity in the way that you want it to, but you're, you're experiencing healing Yes, and, yeah. and he is shaping you and crafting you and molding you even more into the image of who he is. I mean, I'm watching you right now. I'm mm-hmm. seeing the joy <laughs> of the Lord in your face mm-hmm. and I'm so inspired by that. And I know that
3: well, and tens even, of thousands David, I, of
2: people who are listening I, yeah. to this are inspired by it. Oh, you're
3: sweet. Well, I think, too, even I look at my story and I think if God healed me 12 years ago, like, I don't know I would have the same joy, truly. Like, yeah, I don't wow. think wow. I would be able to sit here um, because there is something about having to persevere through long right. suffering that brings a joy that mm. cannot be contained and it makes me cry. Um, yeah. So there, there are moments in my story that, that I go, thank you, Jesus, that you just continue to meet me even, even without physical mm. healing because it's made me who I am
2: today. Wow. Wow. It's like, you know, we all love those movies where we see these, athletes or these people that struggle through, you know, they're running a race or something. And then they finally get yeah. to the finish line, they finish the race or they accomplish the goal. And it's like yeah. this beautiful moment where like, oh, it was so worth it. You know, it's worth <laughs> yeah. all that suffering. And yeah. this is why scripture tells us that we are running a race. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And we are running to receive a prize. Yeah. And it's a prize that is heavenward, that it's upward. It's not yeah. a prize that is, is material here on earth. It's something mm-hmm. that we cannot, we can't even fathom. Yes. this glory that that's going to be revealed to us you know through this present suffering it's pr- being produced out of this present light and momentary affliction isn't that what, cr- yeah. what scripture says doesn't feel that yeah. way right now does it no
3: no there are moments but, where i'm like my life doesn't feel like a mist but <laughs> but i i'm, I'm No <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: but yeah. It, but he says that compared to mm-hmm. the eternal weight mm-hmm. of glory that we're going to experience in Christ Jesus, that's where this is feeling light and momentary. And so yeah. one day yeah. we're going to look back and we're going to go, man, it was all worth it. It was mm-hmm. all worth the suffering that we walked mm-hmm. through to see the glory of Jesus and the story that he's writing in each one of our lives. It's so amazing. Yeah. Did you ever imagine, Lindsay, that Bottle of Tears <laughs> would be as successful and incredible as it is
3: today? No, Davey, like, it makes me laugh because (laughs) I don't know if you've done much about Enneagram because I'm a two on the Enneagram. So there is zero business savvy inside of my brain, like zero. (laughs) And so, like, starting a business is hilarious. And my husband is He's a seven on the Enneagrams so and neither of us are. So we're, we both have a yeah. lot of fun, but we are not very, you know, business savvy. But wow. I think when I started Bottle of Tears, I kind of even did it as like, well, maybe this could be like a little Lyme disease fundraiser for me. And maybe I could, mm. you know, make some money for my treatments or like honestly, I did not expect for people like, I thought my friends and family would buy bottles and, yeah. you know, that would kind of be it. And, um, wow. and it's been unbelievable because I, I get to, I mean, I wish y'all could see, I'm in my little office. People will email me like, <laughs> where is your headquarters located? And I'm like my spare bedroom. Um, but it has, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like that's where it is. Um, But it it has, yeah, it's it's really funny, but, um, sorry, let me go back for just a second. Um, but when I started bottle, yeah, when I started bottle of tears, I had no idea. Like, I mean, Davey, I haven't done a single thing of marketing ever. And so I've been doing this for like eight years. And so all of this has been just organic and God, that's all I can say is that he has made this happen. And So that's been God showing up in my story big time. That is like really surprising. Like, I mean, I get, you know, I look at my orders every day and I'm like, how did this person find me in Connecticut (laughs) or like some random like city? I'm like, this is so crazy. And, um, but it's been so beautiful, like that. You know, I'm almost to my 20,000th order, which is crazy. Wow. Um, I know. And and I'm doing it in the margins of my life. I'm doing it in the margins of yeah. feeling okay and Eliana being okay. And I just wow. love that in the midst of that, like even some of those orders have like multiple bottles. So I'm like, look at all these people that are going to feel sane. Yeah. Like that is my whole the purpose is I want people to have just like a small tangible reminder that they aren't alone. And my husband yeah. always yeah. jokes and says grief lasts longer than the casserole because, you know, when mm. someone has something hard happen, you know, they get all the food and the yeah. flowers and whatever. And, you know, then the grief continues and then people forget to show up yeah. or, or, you know, you feel alone in it. And so for these people to get like this bottle, this tangible reminder that God sees them is just the sweetest thing. And I've, I have seen some of the coolest stories happen that it was only God. He has been so in the details. Wow. I remember the one of the first years that I sent out bottles, I get to pray over each person that, um, cause I, I am yeah. my own business. <laughs> it's me that does everything. Yep, right. And, um, right. so I was praying over this order and sh- this person had ordered an amber colored vintage bottle. And I remember mm-hmm. thinking, okay. And I just grabbed a vintage bottle off my shelf and I'm praying for this family. And on the bottle had it etched, um, that it was Frank's safe kidney and liver cure bottle. So I pray over it, send it out. The person emailed me and said, you have no idea this. But um, her sister died in a car wreck, and she donated her organs. And the two organs that were donated were the kidney and liver. And that was what was etched on the bottle, baby. Like, how cool is God that that happened? I mean, (laughs) so there is. Nobody can write that story
2: like God. Oh, my gosh.
3: I was like. He knew that this person needed that yeah. comfort. Like, and then yeah. I've had there was one time that um, one girl I got two orders for the same girl in one day. And I thought, well, that's sad. I wish these were spread out for her, but I guess I'll go ahead and send them. And someone bought like a medium aqua bottle and someone bought a small aqua bottle for her. So I sent So I send them both to her. And um, she writes me back and she said, Lindsay, um, we were in the process of adopting a little girl and we, she had walked through infertility and got pregnant. And within three days' time, she lost her baby that they got pregnant with and then lost um, their adoption. And this, so she said, God knew I didn't need one bottle. I needed two bottles, wow. one for each of my babies that I just lost. And wow. those two people that sent her gifts didn't know each other, Davey. Like, but God knew, oh, you know, that. So it just blows me away what I've gotten to witness wow. just from my end of getting to do this as a small wow. business.
2: Yeah. Wow. Man. Well, people are always asking us, Hey, what would you suggest if we have someone in our life that has gone through some kind of grief, loss, pain, you know, whatever, how how do we, what do we do? Right. And we always tell them, Hey, first of all, show up. Right. But second of all, we try to give them practical things to, to give them to say, Hey, you're, you're, you're seen, you're heard. yeah. Right. We see you, we hear you. God's with you. Wow. He loves you. And, you know, I know when, when I lost my wife, there were a lot of really mm. weird things that were sent to me. I can I'm tell sure. you right now, I'm if you're sure. listening to this, uh, if you're listening to this, the things you need to send to them is you need to send, yeah. you need to go to bottle of tears and yeah. send yeah. them this, because this is wow. such a beautiful, Baby. it's a Baby. beautiful gift to be mm. able to, um, uh, you know, just a reminder, just a tangible mm-hmm. reminder that they can sit right there and, and to say, Hey, God is here. And yeah. And, and it's, they're gorgeous. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the website and they're absolutely yeah. beautiful. Um, yes, and, and you've got so many different varieties of it that can yeah. really, as you're thinking through this person and the unique personality that they may have, how you can cater yeah. that gift to them. But, you know, I want to yeah. encourage everybody, we'll put this in the show notes, make sure you go to bottle yeah. of tears and, and let that be your supplier essentially for when <laughs> someone is going through a difficult time yeah. in your life. And, um, it is, and it's just yeah. an easy, tangible way to say, Hey, I, I see you and, and I'm praying mm-hmm. for you. I'm with you in this fight. Yeah.
3: And that your story's not mm-hmm. over so good because a lot of people walking That's through right. this feel like it's done. And for you to just get to say, Hey, I'm with you and it, and I see you, mm-hmm. you know, I've said, I say, I see you all the time because it's that important. I'm like, I cannot stress enough. Wow. Our culture, we are so busy And we can get so caught up in our own lives and forget to see people all around us suffering. And so I just, I always encourage people like pick one person a week and just like, you don't have to send a bottle of tears every week, but like send a text message.
2: But why not? You know, write a, (laughs)
3: write a, an actual letter to someone, just do something to show up. Um, And that takes you literally five minutes, you know, so we can do that once a week, but, but thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd love to even,
2: sorry. That's all right. I was going to say, I think what, I think people feel like it's a daunting thing Mm -hmm. to, what? oh no, what do I do? How do I, and it is, it can be very daunting. And I think there's a spiritual element there where the enemy is trying to create some space or a vacuum to mm-hmm. cause that other person to feel alone and cause you to feel intimidated by that. But the or reality are, is, is just as you yeah. s- described, what were you going to say?
3: Are, I was going to say people are so afraid of saying the wrong thing to someone that's going right. through grief that a lot of times they will just not say anything. And I just right. want to challenge right. those of you like, no, like you don't have, you can say one sentence and it will mean the world. You can say, I love you. Yeah love whoever on your thing. And like, that is powerful. You don't have to give them a scripture and tell them that God works all things good for those who love him. They don't need to hear that maybe in their moment of trial. Like they need to just hear that they have someone on their team. So don't, I I would say, just really try to, push away those fears of saying the wrong thing and just show up and do something.
2: Yeah. That's great. That's so good. Whoo, man. Yeah. And, and to your point, the Holy spirit's going to work in, yes. in, in between all of that, mm-hmm. where you're going to, you're going to be blown away. You just do your little step of obedience, your little step of showing up and, then these crazy weird stories like this Uh, organ donation story that you just shared. I mean, those are the kinds of things that are going to happen out of you just showing up and ministering to that person. And that, that right there is Mm -hmm. just, you know, I mean, thanks for sharing that. That's testimony of like, Hey, we, we don't have to be intimidated by this. Let's show up for each other. Yeah. Let's be there. And then let's watch God do what only he can do.
3: Yes. Amen. That's so good. Yes.
2: Mm. Well, Lindsay, I'm so grateful for the for the time that we've been able to spend and and I want to make sure everybody goes and and checks out Sacred Tears, which is the book that you've just written. Um and and you know, I even see right here you've got a box set of Sacred Tears book and a clear vintage inspired bottle. So this would be a great gift to give somebody, both the book and a bottle right here in a box set. But make sure you check out both of these because and and even this is a great gift to give somebody who is going through a difficult time, who's suffering Mm -hmm. silently. And, and so, um, you know, but I'm just so grateful for, for your time, Lindsay, and and just sharing your story vulnerably with us and encouraging us. I know so many people, so many people are, are encouraged by this conversation. Mm -hmm. And, um, and and, I mean, really, you know, God's just using you in a huge, huge way. So thank thank you.
3: Yeah. I'm so grateful. And I want to give a coupon code to your listeners too. So I'll give you that later. Awesome. Yeah. We I would love that. Yeah. Fun. We'll put
2: that coupon code guys in the show notes. Okay. So make sure you check out the show notes right there. If you're watching this on YouTube, I okay. we'll put it right there as well. Um, and, and you guys can get a coupon code for, um, getting that first, uh, that first bottle for for yourself, for your family, for for someone you love, it, it'll be. Oh,
3: I love really that, I love that special. you just said that you can get a bottle for yourself because I've Absolutely. had people i e- I've had people email me and say, "Can I buy one for myself? I need one." And I'm like, <laughs> "Yes! Oh my gosh!" I'm like, "We all need that. Don't wait for someone right. encourage to encourage your give own it heart." To you.
2: yeah. <laughs> totally.
3: I'm like, I've yeah. got a lot of bottles that I love that are my bottles, you know. So. That's I love right. That you said That's that.
2: right. Yep. That's, That's so great. good. That's so good. Well, thanks and so much I for have... spending time with us today, Lindsay.
3: Yeah. Thank you, Davey. It's been such an
1: honor.
2: Well, it was a great conversation. with oh, Lindsay.
1: Oh, I mean, they're always incredible conversations, yeah. but I, I loved hearing Lindsay's story. And I, I mentioned before, like just as someone who struggles with chronic pain myself, I really appreciate her ministry and her heart. That was so good.
2: She has a bright spirit about her too. Yeah, that like you can tell that she's walked through this with a lot of resilience and Mm -hmm. there's that there's that um that long suffering <laughs> that she's experiencing right, yeah. which we've talked about before, Aubrey, that yep. we often think, okay, I can endure suffering, but can I endure long suffering
1: All right, like, chronic suffering ongoing like? suffering yeah. right what does that look
2: like and when is yeah. the end of that um, and so you know I, um, we told we a couple of episodes ago we told you guys, hey, please write your questions in on mm-hmm. our community platform, post those to the general discussion feed we would love to. Uh, be able to answer those questions. And Aubrey and I want to be true to our word. We would love to... This is actually... This is really life giving for us to be it able really to is. interact with you guys in this way. So, yeah. um, so if you have a question, we want to make sure you join the community platform. Nothingiswasted. dot com slash community. Join the community platform. There is a, a a free way to do that. We also have community plus. Yeah, but you can for free join the community platform, connect with other people, and ask us questions. And we are going to take these segments where we answer these questions, and we'll post them to the community platform so you guys can get at least our thoughts on it. I can't promise that we're going to have all the answers for you. <laughs> right, by any means. right.
1: I'm sure we'll miss some things, <laughs> but it'll be a,
2: um, a place where you can yeah. kind of say, Hey, I've always wondered what Davy and Aubrey think about this. And so we had someone who asked a question and this is really good. I think it's, as we were discussing, I think it's appropriate to this particular episode and the topic mm-hmm. we've been talking about. Um, but someone asked this, what was the transition like for you after your wife's passing? Could you see a clear progression towards Jesus or was it slow and silent? a really good question. One yeah. thing I realized after the issue uh, with my youngest, where it felt as if she had died. So um, this is someone, I just have some some personal insight. This is someone who has had a, a wayward or prodigal daughter okay. uh, who has not returned to the Lord or turned, returned to a relationship, it's kind of cut off okay. the relationship. Okay. I realized I needed to be closer to Jesus. So far, it is very, very slow. I'm still looking, praying and waiting for that moment where I can honestly say, okay, I'm here, Jesus, close and closer to you
1: hmm.
2: so this is a really, really good question yeah, and is. I'm sure an experience a lot of people feel,
1: yeah, absolutely i I you know, Davy, you need to speak to your wife's passing right, but it it feels like yeah. underneath underneath this question is sort of a it seems like to me there's an expectation that like, okay, once I do this, then it will all be okay. Yep. And I understand yep. that desire, especially a mama like Absolutely. longing for her daughter to come home. Right. I mean, right. th- you know, that's like you want to do the thing that will make Jesus go, okay, now Now it's going to be okay yeah. because you've gotten as close to me as you can. And so now I'm going to have your daughter come home. I don't know. I might be reading it yeah. wrong. But it feels like there's a little bit of like I I, uh, I will get the results I can't get. Based. Yeah. Does that make sense? What I'm saying? Intimacy.
2: It makes perfect sense. And maybe maybe and I, I've kind of saw that too in this question. Um, one I I absolutely love that as you're asking this question that you're recognizing that these dark night of the soul moments are invitations that the Lord gives to us, extends to us to come into a deeper intimacy. And I believe that many of you guys who are listening to this, you know that you recognize that Mm -hmm. you you have gotten to the place where you've recognized, okay, this is where God wants to meet me, right? At least I'm going to, this is where my pain kind of becomes this critical turning point and and it gets turned around to purpose, or this is where God really, his presence rushes in. And maybe your life experience has been, okay, well, I was, while I was on the mountaintop, I was just kind of going about life and I didn't really god wasn't a priority in my life or there were a lot of idols that were stacked up and that's becoming revealed to you in this dark valley where it's like wow i need to really focus in on my closeness and intimacy with the lord and you recognize that there this is a critical space for this is a sacred space for that
1: yeah
2: where where god's going to meet you and reveal the mysteries of himself and his character
1: Right. right
2: In, in greater ways, and more, um, probably m- more volume and like a louder way to you <sighs> than, I mean, that's what C.S. Lewis says, right? Pain is God's megaphone
1: oh, right. to
2: rouse a, a, a world, right? A, a deaf world. And so, yes, God uses these spaces to go, hey, I'm trying to get your attention so we can reorient some things in your life, recalibrate some things in your life. And so I think many of you guys recognize that, but I think the temptation will be, for us to say, okay, once I get to a place where I'm so close with God, right? I get to an arrival point where my intimacy with the Lord is now, it's there. I'm at the destination. Then my miracle comes.
1: Yeah. Right. Right. right.
2: So, okay. My, you know, once, once I kind of, once I kind of recognize what I, okay, I've got to, I've got to repent from some things. I've got to, kind of get rid of some idols. I've got to, you know, as all the things that we talk about in the Pain to Purpose course that pain reveals in our lives. Once I do that, then, okay, then my marriage is going to be restored.
1: Yeah.
2: Then my, you know, my my prodigal son or daughter is going to return. Right. Then, the then my chronic
1: happens. pain is over. Then my yeah. chronic
2: pain is done yeah. and I'm healed. Yeah. And it's like yeah. this zero sum game that we can yeah. slip into. And I wonder if, it's not that in god's economy yeah, right? so i th-
1: I think that's what I was kind of trying to get at, Davy, like I now, there are places in scripture where see, God does test Absolutely. people and Absolutely. and those followers are required to pass tests, so I would never like, say blake 100%. like Blake's statement, God doesn't do that. I don't believe that pain or suffering is a test that you need to pass, and mm. then you see. God's glory, like Mm-mm. the hard part is especially like long suffering, like, uh, we're talking about in this episode, right, long suffering, right. like this woman's talking about with her daughter, like Lindsay's talking about, um, there isn't necessarily on this side of new creation, like, oh, now you're going to be done. Yeah, yeah. And so I think the, the, the painful part, but also I would say like the beautiful mystery of God is that, um, Somehow, the the suffering itself, the pain point itself, becomes the place where God's nearness becomes really real. And so, it's not that you have to like hustle your way, pass the test, get close to Jesus. Then it's okay. It's that Jesus is right there. Like Scripture promises us that God is close to the brokenhearted. He's our Emmanuel, God, our with us, God. And so, so somehow, even in that, not in spite of it, not after it, but in it is God's nearness. And so I think this is a map that, you know, I'm so passionate about lament, but one of the things that um, Jeremiah the Lamenter says in Lamentations is, God, you have made my path crooked, Mm. which is the opposite opposite of of... the psalmist, which says, you have made my path straight. Wow. (laughs) And so sometimes God does make our paths crooked. Sometimes He does make our paths straight, like, and either way, the invitation is worship and nearness. Wow. And so sometimes I think we just have to accept like the crooked path might be the journey.
2: That's right. I I believe sometimes God, even though he's a God of order, sometimes he might confuse our process and confuse our pathway intentionally so that, because he knows that that is the only way we as human beings will lean into out of desperation for him, will lean into him. Right. And it brings our life then back in order. And I don't mean like it calms the storm necessarily. I mean that that in the midst of the storm, there is calm. And I think that's where, you know, so, you know, this question was prefaced with what was the transition like after your wife's passing? Nothing about like me coming to a certain closeness with God was not going to bring Amanda back. Mm. So I had to get to a place of finality, contentment and acceptance with the reality as it was.
1: Yeah. Right.
2: And how do I how do I how do I look to God, trust God, hold all of that and like have this beautiful intimacy with God even if and even when he's not going to change my situation.
1: That's it. That's it right
2: there. And I think that's the goal of these invitations from the Lord. Yeah. It's like, yeah. okay, so disregard. The human temptation, human propensity is going to say, okay, if I do this certain thing, then the result yeah. is going to come. But again, that is a works-oriented relationship right. that we do not see in scripture. Right. It is Jesus is enough Yeah. no matter what our circumstances are. Yeah. If I have nothing, but I have Jesus, I have everything. That's right. But if I, you know, conversely... If I have everything, but I, don't I don't have, have Jesus. Jesus. I have nothing.
1: Yeah.
2: And that's really where where pain causes us to um, have to reconcile and wrestle with a proper theology
1: yep, exactly. of who
2: God is and how he relates with us. Yeah, um, And I think that's the beauty of pain.
1: Yeah.
2: Because no longer, I mean, pain blows up our little box that we put God in.
1: Absolutely. It, it blows it up. Yeah.
2: And, um, and I see it and recognize that now when you're in the middle of it, it's really difficult to recognize and see it. And it's mm-hmm. really difficult to appreciate it. Yeah. But when God does, like when he reveals himself in these ways, it's intangible. Like you can't put, you, you can't express it in words. You can only experience it. And it's like, wow. Yeah. Wow. And you're in awe. You're awestruck. You're literally, your response is worship.
1: Yeah.
2: And yep. so that's what i I believe God is inviting all of us into, um yeah yeah hmm. this well, is a good question. this is
1: a it's a, such a good question, and I think Davey, like you said it's this is like the question of faith, right? It like is. can I worship and draw close to God even if the circumstances never yeah. change? That yeah. is the question, and that's what we're being invited mm-hmm. into. and like you said, at the end of the day, there is something. Yeah, There is beauty, and there's God's presence, and there's comfort there beyond Absolutely. measure. So thanks for asking that. That was a fantastic question.
2: Such a good question. We would love to help in any way that we can. Um, you know, Again, you can join the community platform, and you can connect with other people. Go to com and there, there are a ton of resources that can help you get started on the journey. Um, whether it's the pain and purpose course or hiring a certified guide or attending the the webinar to help you get started, five steps to taking back your story. No matter what, we are here to help you partner yeah, with God and right. take back your story. So nothingiswasted.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at nothingiswastedministries. And you can follow Aubrey at OBSAMP. You can follow me at Davey Blackburn. Um, and, and next week, we have another great conversation for you. I'm super excited about this one. I was highly impressed with this woman. As oh, I, I cannot wait her. for oh, this one. Denisha Keating, uh, you're going to love this conversation. She has really, I mean, talk about a turnaround story. She has really come such a long ways. And this is going to encourage you. It's going to motivate you inspire mm-hmm. you. So listen to this little clip from my conversation with Denisha Keating.
0: So I think a lot of the times um, I usually start and I'm like, well, in high school and I, I start to remember it wasn't just high school that we were dealing with uh, CPS and foster care is actually way before that. I think the first time I remember meeting a CPS worker, I was eight. Uh, my mom actually grew up in the foster care system. Both sides of my family have dealt with CPS, I think, my entire life. And it, it's one of those things that um, the best way to describe it is just someone always coming and, and lingering over you. At thirteen, um, the CPS worker came in. We were homeschooled from pre-K to that point. Um, they said you can't be homeschooled. You have to be in public school because you can't be home alone. I'm one of eleven kids, and so I'm the fourth oldest. And when I was in turning fifteen, they were like, okay, you know, from thirteen to fifteen, they're like, you got to put them in school. You got to put them in school. And they came back and said, look, you have a choice. We either take them from you, from the parent, or we put them in in school. And so my mom finally made the decision. Okay, let's go enroll them. But then in my sophomore year, um, I was coming home from a band camp thing. I was for a color guard competition we had in the fall. And that is when CPS picked us up and was like, hey, we're moving the eight of you that are under the age of 18 to three different homes.